Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the Inside Out Effect. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Stephen Jakes um, from healingthemind.co.uk. And this is probably the uh, now self-proclaimed number one uh, global podcast on a Friday night at about six o'clock. And uh, as I said, my name is Stephen Jakes. I'm the co-founder of the Inside Out Effect and uh, from Healing the Mind. And this is episode 25. Uh, so this is our 25th uh, uh, episode of the Inside Out Effect. So it's our quarter century. And uh, due to obviously circumstances beyond our control, we're coming to you in a very different way, in a very different light. Um, we're not through a normal setup. I haven't got my good friend beside me, but ultimately he is here. And uh, so uh, we've got a very special edition for you today. We've got a special extended version uh, where we're gonna be doing it in two parts. Uh, the first part is going to be on the topic of fear and how fear really affects us. And ultimately, with what's going on in the world right now, uh, I would advise you say that there's about 6 billion people globally that are uh, in the impact of fear. And so we're going to cover a, a, a lot of information about fear, uh, how it works, how it affects us, and how it impacts our life, and how it sort of has an effect on how our reality, uh, how we're living in reality, and how our reality is now put back to us. And in the second part, I'll be doing the triune model of the brain. Um, and this is the model that I use when I do a lot of public speaking, a lot of talks. It explains how the brain develops, how the brain works, um, how memories are formed, and how we basically, basically how we make shit up in our life and how it affects us and how our memories are formed and how those memories and those beliefs are actually the things that cause us to, uh, that drives our behaviours and actually where all mental illnesses and uh, issues are basically uh, created and why it's very difficult to get rid of them. So I use this model with every uh, with every client that comes to me, and I do this in every uh, all of our public speaking events. And today, so far, using this model, which is a sort of what I've come together with over the last sort of five or six years, of all the different types of therapies, working with some of the leading uh, minds in, uh, in in behavioral science, working with Jonathan Shaw doing the reboot program, I've sort of been able to amalgamate all of this information and sort of come up with a very, very simple layman's model that works 99% of the time with everyone that I've worked with. But, uh, and once you've identified with this, once you identify this and connect with this, it's, it will blow your mind and it will literally change your way that you look at things. It will literally change your whole life and it will make total sense. And then you'll start to understand why we can't solve our problems. So anyway, so you got that to look forward to. So, um, but anyway, here we go. So, uh, as always, I'd like to introduce my co-host, my business partner, my um, co-founder of the DTO system, uh, the creator of the DTO system, I should say, and the co-founder or the or the author of Decoding Pain, the Emotional Blueprint Healing Chronic Pain. I have the uh, perspic pers perspicacious <laughs> and the adorable and the accomplished and the marvelous Jonathan Shaw. Hello, Jonathan, my friend. Uh, how are you over there in Portugal? Uh, enjoying the sun while I'm here on my own in my house. You've, you've, you've left me and I've got to, I'm having to do this all on my own. But anyway, how are you, mate? How are you? How, how's things? Hi, uh, I'm very, very well. I'm good, thank you. Yes, I'm over in Portugal. Uh, it hasn't been sunny. It is today, though, but it's actually been raining. So while you guys are enjoying the sunshine, we've actually had quite a bit of rain, but it is, it is very sunny today, so that's really lovely. You timed um, it yeah. just right, didn't you, mate? I did, yeah. Go out just in time. Flew out two days before the, before they shut it all down. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. And, and mum, um, mum, Shaw's out there as well with you, so that must be nice for her. My mum's out there with me as well, so I wouldn't have been want to be. I wouldn't have wanted to leave her on her own. 
so I, I managed to get her out here as well. Uh, I'm out here with my girlfriend and her kids and their, their, her family, which they very kindly uh, offered me, asked me to come out here, which was really lovely of them, and invite my mum out as well, which I'm very, very grateful for because I know my mum is safe over here and she's okay. Great, that's awesome. And, uh, and yeah, so, so say hello to your mum for me. Um, I will. I will. Really well yeah. with your mum. She's good. She's good. So I like that. But everyone gets um, on my mum. Everyone loves my mum. Yeah, well, she's a great lady. So um, yeah. So uh, per, 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 perspicacious, um, and that's able to judge quickly and uh, correctly what people and situations are really like. So I thought that was quite a good word. I'm not really so, sure. I, I've done that in every scenario in my life. Um, in perspicacious. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but sometimes maybe yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've been, running out of, I've been running out of debonair and all the rest of it. So I'm gonna say you're running out now, aren't you? Got to start. I'm running out now. I've so many episodes now. I'm running out of I'm running out of prescriptive vocabulary for you. But so you anyway, can repeat um, yourself. They'll never remember. You'll repeat yourself. They'll never remember. <laughs> They'll never. They have to go back. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, um, so obviously we're gonna do. We decided to do this podcast. We're obviously doing it a different way today. So, so let's just ask about you. I mean, so I mean, how's that? How's it been affecting you? How? I mean, obviously, we're all in this lockdown and stuff, but how's it affected you in work, uh, from a work perspective? Are you still working with your clients? And, um, and you know, might want to tell the people that are watching, you know, how you're doing it and what you're doing it and what successes you have. And... Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, obviously, I've, I've, uh, obviously, a lot of my business recently has been, on, uh, has been DTO. So, like, you're doing DTO as well. So, because of that, DTO can be done anywhere. You can do it online, in person, on the phone. You know, you can do it very easily It's uh, over the internet, which makes it perfect. So I've tra literally transitioned all my DTO clients online. Uh, I had a handful of clients I was treating physically, but they were literally four or five. And they were just old clients that are generally coming back for top-ups and things. They yeah. weren't necessarily new clients per se. Most of the clients I've been treating recently have been for emotional problems, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, panic, uh, or life situations, sexual problems, things like that. So uh, I've been treating a lot of that using DTO and I'm still doing that. I just transitioned them all online really. Um, and that's been working great. I've, I've been doing online for a long time. So there's really no difference. Yeah. Yeah. Except I mean, in Portugal doing it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in some ways it's for me, it's sort of pushed me in that direction. I like to have someone, I like to have someone sitting in my front room. Um, yeah. I like to connect. I like to connect yeah. on a physical level. Because I'm a very yeah. connected sort of person, um, but uh, and I can also read body language really well, and, it can, and I know just I can just intuitively do stuff. And so I've always sort of been very, uh, I prefer to do it on a one-to-one -one basis in a physical way rather yeah. than doing it over the phone and over the video. And so what's really happened is it's, it's had to push me into something where I felt quite. I won't say I was uncomfortable with. I mean I know because the process works anyway, but it for me to having to shift over to that is been quite uh it's been really easy and it's actually had no effect whatsoever so in some ways it's been a bit of benefit to me now because it's broken down that whole um that whole resistance to yeah. uh to doing it over uh, over the internet or over the phone um yeah and you know like especially i mean i've been doing a lot of it over the video on whatsapp and it's been working an absolute treat so yeah yeah yeah, no, it does. It's, I mean, I, obviously, when I when I first did that years back, I was, you know, that, that was a worry that I had. Before I had DTR, I was using other things online. 
Um, and obviously, if you can be one-on-one, like you say, you can read body language, that's great. But, you know, it works just as well. And like you found your finding, you get just as great results doing it online. And the beauty of it online is you can reach anyone in the world. Uh, they don't need to have to travel the world to come and see me or you. You can reach anyone in the world and just switch stuff off for them yeah. very quickly online. And it works like a treat. Yeah, what have you, have you, so, you know, what have you been working with recently? Um, well, I've been, uh, obviously, I've got some, I've got clients who, uh, who work with me through, through the whole February, March period. Uh, so I've been working with depression, um, been working with uh, grief uh, with somebody. Um, somebody else was uh, having problems in their business, working on business blocks. Uh, uh, another lady working on different things, business blocks and relationship issues at the same time um, because they were kind of overlapping each other, which they often do. People don't realise that business blocks and relationship blocks often have overlap each other and cause lots of problems. Yeah, absolutely, uh, 100%. Yeah, especially the people don't realise that relationship issues can actually cause business and money blocks, believe it or not, um, which sounds mad, but it often happens, happens like that. Uh, so, yeah, so lots of more emotional issues, not so much pain. Obviously, I can treat some pain over the internet, but I can't treat all pains. I do need some physical contact for pain, but I can treat autoimmune problems over the internet and things like that, uh, and things that are more, that are purely based in the biological response and the shock. Um, I have treated the odd person for some respiratory symptoms and bits and pieces like that, that they were having, and uh, just just also calming people down about their fears and worries yeah. about what's going on in all that because obviously this talk is about fear. So just, just reducing and letting go of the fear for people because you, you don't need to be frightened of something to know it's not good for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. let, you know well, fire, fire on... is back. We can come on to it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on to that, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So I've been doing a lot of that really, uh, but the other thing I do want to mention is that um, the DTO handbook will be released online in the next few weeks. Okay. Uh, so if anyone's interested in learning the basic DTO process, uh, the handbook will be coming out very, very shortly, uh, along with um, uh, a free membership sites so that you can go and learn the basic DTO process. And then if you then want to go on or you need help from me and Stephen, you can then do that. But the idea is you can learn the basics for yourself so you can reduce your own fears and your own worries and concerns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So, yeah. Cool. So, any, any, anyway, uh, anything else that's been happening with you over there? Or just, uh, just, been, just been enjoying the... Uh, no, I've mentioned that really. Well, it, it was Easter, obviously. So, we had the Easter, Easter egg hunt with the kids. And then it was yeah. um, my girlfriend's... Uh, my girlfriend's son's birthday on Wednesday. So we, we, we set up a whole display for him and had a really great day. Uh, and my girlfriend made a really amazing cake for him, which is absolutely yeah. superb. Um, it was one of the creature from Stranger Things that she did for him, which was amazing. I have no idea how she did it. Yeah. Uh, it was really great. And I had no the, the made a cake. For him. I did no. get a card. I did get, I did get a card. Not one card. Yeah, card. Right. Oh, yeah, so oh, I was who was that from? From your mum and dad. So, yeah. Oh, I right, okay. so love, mate. I really am. But I did get a little call from me, from my little boy oh. as well. Um, oh, that's right. Although it's really difficult because I mean I've had no contact with him for the last three or four months, and um, and you know wherever mum's moved to, which I don't really know, uh, the now wherever she's moved to, there's no 
internet there, no proper internet. So right. now all my regular calls that I was having with him are now pretty non-existent. And when and when I do, the the, the thing just keeps cutting out constantly, and I can't I can't even have a three or four word conversation with him. So, uh, but he did leave me a little uh, video message. Um, so I know he's okay. And uh, so that's the main thing. But, you know, it breaks my heart really because I don't see him anyway. And now not, just, not even to be able to have that video connection either. Um, yeah. That's been quite a, you know, but anyway. It's yeah, quite difficult. Especially this time when everyone's in lockdown. Everyone's really suffering that right now. Everyone's suffering, missing yeah. their family and their friends. Um, and some people have their partners and some people are on their own. And some people do have their families. But the ones who have their families, they're, they're actually, you know, chomping at the bit to get away from their families because you're actually in a compressed space yeah. for a long period of time with everybody. Uh, and that can sometimes be affect people as well. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, you know, some people out here, you know, they're, 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 they actually like to be out. They don't like being closed in. So that's actually making them very agitated, just yeah. being closed in. It made them feel anxious themselves, just being closed in, just not being able to go out, uh, not being able to do what you would normally do. So, you know, so there's a lot of things like that that are creating a lot of sadness and anxiety in the world, which I yeah. think is the, the worst thing about this. Um, yeah. so, say what you like about whatever's caused the situation, put that aside for a second. The worst thing is that it's so sad that it's scared everybody away from everybody else. Yeah. And it's frightening people. And it's actually making us scared of each other. And that's very sad because... Uh, well, it, it's a sad, we know what we, sad. we know. The thing is, John, is we know what we know, and we know what nonsense it is. And it's the, and we also know it's the, it's the, it's the narrative, which I'm going to come on to in a little while about it. Because um, yeah. obviously, I've had a lot of time. Because obviously, I'm here on my own, and yeah. you know, being locked up in your house on your own for nearly coming on four weeks. Um, luckily enough, I have a tool to deal with anything. <laughs> So it's yeah. not really phasing me too much. Um, me personally, I've basically been doing a lot of my stuff over the, like I said, I've been doing it over WhatsApp. But the common thing really is, is that uh, is I've been switching off everybody's fear. And that I've been, you know, and, and, and what's been going on is that the impact that this has had on individuals, I'm seeing the same responses. It's feeling alone, it's feeling helpless, it's feeling powerless. And, yeah. uh, and then underneath those three uh, responses, there's a lot of anger. And, yeah. And what I've noticed is it's the same responses, but each one of those responses has a different uh, meaning to the individual. So I know what the five responses are. You know, there's the fear, there's the anger, there's feeling alone, there's feeling powerless and helpless. And those five are all manifesting different responses in people, but the actual, the fundamental response is the same. And so I've just been switching off that with lots of people. Um, I've also managed, I've had some really good stuff as well. I mean, I've obviously got my regular client base. So, um, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, that alone, I've been able to switch off two people's eating disorders very, very quickly. Uh, they yeah. both took about two sessions. Um, I had another girl who was very, very suicidal, and now she's she's just like TikTok. She's in, she's in, she's been got promoted at work and stuff. So, um, and she's done absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people that have had anxiety, um, and there was, I mean, there's lots of. I've had some really great results over the phone. Uh, and switching off generally just switching off people's fears about what's going on now because that which i'm going to come on to in a minute about how the brain works and how this, so, is, how, how, how this happens but so i'll go ask you a question so when you switch their fear off yeah how do they then cope with the situation what's the difference in them what's well, the, the challenge funny thing, see the fear the funny thing is is with the the, the fear thing 
um, you see, if a, what, from the from a from a perspective of fear, what it's basically doing is it's affecting their breathing and their chest. Yeah. And so one of the main things is, is that they're short of breath and, and all the rest of it. Once I've switched all of those off, those the physical element disappears. So they're yeah. no longer tight chested, they're no longer wheezing, they're no longer, uh, you know, in that in that panicky, anxious state. And then instantly yeah. what's going on from then is they have complete freedom. Yeah. Because they're no longer running the fear response. Now, so I mean, what we, we know that it goes into it's a fight and flight response. And that fight and flight response is flicking a thing called the amygdala, right? And what the amygdala does is it stimulates the adrenal gland and creates cortisol, right? Now that's a steroid hem, uh, a steroid uh, uh, hormone, and that regulates uh, metabolism and the immune response. So um, now that has multiple effects. So once we have that, those that cortisol running around, it comes from the adrenal gland. Once we have that running around in our system, that will affect, make us feel tired and fatigued. It will attack our, uh, um, our immune responses, and we lower those. And so what's happening is, is that generally people are now feeling tired, they're feeling anxious, they're getting run down. And the thing that, the thing that see, this is the thing, is the, the thing that they're using to create this situation is creating the responses and the illnesses that they're saying that this virus is causing. And we need to yeah. know that the virus is actually the response, it's not the cause. And most people, yeah. won't. a lot of people, I mean, I, I've had to come off of Facebook because, you know, um, I've done so much on this i know so much about it i've learned so much about it and and the thing is you see is that in the end i was getting attacked by people who don't really know what they're talking about and so when you put some information out there the first thing they're going to do is they're going to go straight onto google or the guardian all the mainstream media who are pushing the narrative of fear and then using that say oh what you're talking about is that's not true this 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 virologist was uh, was an idiot and so they're just going to the mainstream controlled media and the control Google, Wikipedia, they're all owned by the same people. They all have the same agenda. And it's not until you actually go beyond that and then start looking into them individually and actually look at the real, the real stuff, because they don't want you to know this. Because if they knew, if, you, if people knew the truth, they can't use this as a, as a control mechanism. So I'm getting a little bit deep now. But so, you know, um, but there was just so much, there's all so much fear uh, in relation to this. And um, uh, and uh, like I said, I had to come off Facebook because I just see so much fear about it. And it doesn't matter what you do and try and educate people. Right now, the fear shuts the brain down. It, it actually yeah. stops the, uh, the brain functions. It stops memory. And it actually stops rational thinking. Yeah. And so whatever you're putting out there in terms of the, 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 the cortisol is just going to shut you down. And you're in fight yeah. and flight. So if you're in a sustained period of fight and flight for a long time, that's going to make you very ill, very tired, which funny enough, and you're going to be, and the fear also attacks this part of the body. Attacks um, the chest, yeah, respiratory system. Yeah, yeah the respiratory system. And, and so it is so much, um, you see, when you know what you know, and you can see that the fear is causing the problem and the virus is the response to the problem. Um, yeah. And you're hearing all this stuff, oh, I mean, some of the things I've, I've heard people saying that is the cause of this, it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. Because, you know, they're just going to go to, they're just going to sit in front of their TV you know what I mean? And I love they like watching deaths go up like their uh, you know Olympic medals. Yeah. Their careers up to a thousand, love. You know what I mean? Look, France up to two thousand now, love. You know, it's just and and they just the more that they're feeding that, um, the more that that repetitive response will then in, 
ingrained fear into that. And they're now stuck in that. They're stuck in that yeah. cycle. And they're just continually processing that cycle of keeping people locked in. Don't go around. Don't connect with anybody. Everyone's your enemy. Yeah. And, and so the whole thing is just a whole fear-based uh, Hegelian dialect. It's, it's problem, reaction, solution. So, you know, the, yeah. they create the problem. The public react in a certain way. And the solution is, is Bill Gates and his, and his vaccination so they can roll out the whole ID 2020, Agenda 21 program. And, and most people aren't even aware of what's going on. That's been, in, and you know, oh, it's a big conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. You know, this has been written in politics for, since 1992. And the world's governments have come together and they want total control. And the way that they've done that, there's a thing that I was studying and research uh, from the Rockefeller Foundation um, and uh, it's the whole process of how they're going to literally turn this whole place into a one world, one government, one religion, etc. And it's a thing called Lockstep. And I watched a video of a guy reading it in 2014. And every single thing he wrote about this whole Lockstep program is exactly, exactly 100% happening right now as we speak. And so this has all been predetermined and it's all been pre-written. But nobody really wants to go and find out the truth. They want to sit in front of the TV. What they don't realise is that the TV and the governments are all part of this. So whatever information they're going to give you, it's going to be a distraction. Look over here, look over here. Well, this is going on. And, you know, and all I'm hearing, you know, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research into, obviously, because we know what causes viruses, what the viral what response is, the, the virus is the response. Um, there's been a lot of people, a lot of countries I've been researching that have been uh, using lots of different therapies and uh, different types of uh, drugs that have actually just wiped this coronavirus out pretty much within 10 days. Now, I think there was a, there was a, a French virologist that basically after 10 days, 96% of the coronavirus was removed from the, from, the, from the system and the other 4% was undetectable in the nasal area. And so <clears throat> there is things out there. But the problem is, is that they've got an agenda that they want to... Uh, vaccinate everybody with the ID 2020, which is the whole Bill Gates thing. Bill Gates and Microsoft done. He done the. He invented the uh, the 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 2020 chip. He's also pushing the vaccines, and that's why they're pushing the vaccines, 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 vaccines. And so, I think you know people don't really realise until they start looking into stuff. I mean, this whole thing. There was an event in uh, November last year called Event 201. That sounds. I'm going a bit of a conspiracy. I'm just telling you the research. There was an event uh, called the Event 201, and that was held in around October, November last year, and it was Bill Gates, the World Health Organization, the Chinese government, and the World Economic Forum. And what they did is they had a simulation of Event 201, where they were going to have this, uh, this virus that was going to be a pandemic, and, uh, and how they would then react and what they did. And within three to four months of that, this whole thing's played down, and all the same players involved, China, World Economic Forum, which is your, your, your centralized banking, the World Health Organization, Bill Gates. And so there is an agenda going on. It's Agenda 21. You need to go and read up about it because the more that you sit there stuffing popcorn in your face and going counting up uh, how many deaths there are in each country, which, you know, and I've also seen lots and lots and lots of doctors uh, that in America in particular. So I've been following more of the American thing than the UK thing because I don't believe a, a word that any of our media says. I know I'm saying all of it's dishonest, but once they've lied to you once, how do you know what's true and how do you know what isn't? So I just don't get involved in it. Politicians lie to me every year of my whole life, but now all of a sudden, because there's a virus, is telling the truth. That's just insane. Uh, and uh, the media have lied to me in the past, and so I don't believe anything they say. I'm not saying not everything's what they say is dishonest. But I've been following a lot of the American stuff at the moment, 
uh, and they've uh, they've uh, pretty much approved this thing called hydroxychloroquine, which is like an anti-malaria tablet, and that's been having massive success over there. Loads of success. People have people's lives have been saved, but you're not hearing that over here. And uh, so it's been very very it's very very interesting what's going on over there. But um, it's it is just the whole the whole fear. It's a whole fear pushing exercise, and the fear ultimately, like I said, will create the cortisol and it will attack the body. And the symptoms that we are seeing. Um, I don't believe that is what's causing it. There is another cause. We will yet to find out what that is. But there is another cause. Uh, but the symptoms are, be, are fundamentally caused by the fear response um, to, I would imagine, in the three areas of your life. There's the threat to your health. There's the threat to your finances and your security. And then there's the whole, uh, the whole, um, how, how, the whole, how your life's going to change. Literally how your life's going to change, where we're going from now. And so there's so much uncertainty, and that's going to lead to anxiety, it's going to lead to depression, it's going to lead to fear. And a lot of the people are suffering from fear. So I'm just switching a lot of that off for people right now. And once that's gone, they're now sort of going back to a very normalised way of behaving and acting, and it's no longer running for them. They no longer have those physical effects. But a bit of a long answer, mate. But, um, but yeah. you know, no, I've, I've done no. so much research into it, you know. And, you know, I, I had to come off Facebook because, you know, you can't argue with idiots, you just, otherwise you'll just lower yourself to their level. And that's not really what I'm about. It's about educating people and waking people up. But all the time you're fighting a narrative of fear, which is being pushed by governments and, and mainstream media. And uh, it's, uh, I, I, just, I just can't really compete with that. Now, some people have woken up to it, some people have gone to research, but most people won't go and do any research into anything because they, 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 they have the firm belief that the TV, the news, the media and the government are uh, absolutely 100% honest and they're never going to lie to you and they haven't got, they've not got an agenda at all. But if they only just questioned the fact that they've, you know, you name me one politician that said that they were going to do what they said in their manifesto, they say one thing and do completely the opposite. They always, yeah. they're always mistelling, mistelling you lies. Why all of a sudden now is this all of a sudden true? Yeah. Why would you believe them? They've lied to you about everything else. Why would you believe them now? Because there's an agenda going on and they haven't yeah. told you that agenda. And what they're doing is they're, they're they're rolling out an agenda of, of, of world control of the population. Um, I've even heard, you know, even possibly the reduction of, uh, of, of the population. And they're doing it sleight of hand. And they're using the media to do that. So, uh, so I can understand why most people are fearful. I'm not because, you know, I sort of I went, and found out, went and found out the truth. I went and done, you go, oh, you've got a lot of time on your hands. I don't watch TV. So I spent a lot of time finding out and learning what's really 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 going on and the information's out there you just got to get past mainstream media because it's controlled every newspaper every newspaper every tv station globally are owned by about six corporations worldwide so they're just going to roll out the same thing in the guardian in the sun in the telegraph and sky it doesn't matter what news source you're going to get um if it's coming from the, the from the controllers the people that are controlling it you're going to get you're going to get the same answer all the time uh, and that's the illusion of choice that's what they've done. They've yeah. created the illusion of choice. So you need to go and look dig deeper and actually find out what's really going on. And it didn't take. It doesn't take me. It hasn't taken me long. Um, you just follow the breadcrumbs. Follow the money, and, and it's very very easy to find out. So, um, and because I know that, and I've been sharing that with a lot of my clients, um, they have no fear. <laughs> so all my clients are like, have basically said to me, you know, I'm so glad and so happy I come and saw you when I did because otherwise I'd be really struggling now. Yeah. And they're just breezing along. They're not. 
So um, what what the problem I struggle with really is because I'm, I'm I know you studied for five years and I I haven't looked into that side of things. I just yeah. know what you told me and and yeah. to begin with I didn't believe you either, but you've shown me so much information and so much science and uh, and you have studied a lot that I I do now believe you know pretty much most of what I you're telling you, me. I told you I told you a few years ago but, this was going to happen. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and you almost predicted it. But what I think is very sad is that. Um, you know, people are believing something about our health and well-being that is not true. And I know firsthand it's not true because I've switched viruses yeah. off of people. I've switched off everything from a flu to to a cold to bronchitis to chest infections to chickenpox to urinary and bladder infections. I was able to switch them off for people over the years, over my 10 years of of doing DTO and understanding this information, yeah. I was able to get rid of the cold and flu or the virus or the back or the bacteria within hours or days, far quicker than any any medication out there by understanding what really created it in the first place. Yeah. And I if if people really did catch something, it was transferred from hand to mouth or whatever, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to switch it off of people. I mean, I switched off a guy's bronchitis a couple of years ago. He came to me. He didn't believe me. He had very severe bronchitis. He had it for a year. Again, this is respiratory. This is his chest. Yeah. This is his bronchi. It's all part of, his, of the respiratory system. And that had been a fear response, lungs. probably, wasn't it? It was a territory fear response. And yeah, it was about response. someone in his territory who was trying to take his business, who was trying yeah. to take a part of the business. And he'd had it for a whole year. It was getting worse and worse and worse and the medication wasn't touching it he had the, he kept having the strongest medication in the end they'd done everything they could but nothing was working so he got referred to me he was very skeptical didn't believe me but within three months the chest infection had gone took me three months to resolve it now bear in mind he had this for a year so it's not that it just healed suddenly it, it, it gradually went down over those three months but it was that what took three months was to get the emotion, the response out of his system about the business partner and to finally get the business partner to leave the business. That's what took three months. The chest infection actually went down lower and lower each week and he was able to breathe and go back to exercise again. And he hasn't had it since. So uh, the, the, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that if, it, if I'd have followed the traditional model of why we get sick because I step outside that model looking at a different way. I'm able to help people where medicine then fails because medicine failed him. It did not solve his bronchitis. And oh, because well, when you, it's it, because it, it goes back to the German virus theory from back in the twenties when Rockefeller and that took over the medical schools and turned it into about symptom management and not about cure. It's about symptom and not cure or cause, yeah. not not dealing with the cause, just dealing with the symptom because their whole model is well, it's not good for business, and so they created a whole model which is about tablets and other 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 things that are basically to, to manage the symptom. And that's why nobody ever gets better. Nobody ever gets better in this system of medicine. How many people do you know that actually generally get better through the, through the medicine? You go to a doctor now, well, he doesn't make, he doesn't, you go to a doctor now, doc, doctor doesn't make you better. You see him for 10 minutes and he just gives you a tablet to take. Yeah, that's right. And I, I see a lot of clients who tell me that and they get very frustrated with that. So I hear it directly from the clients who've been to the doctor and they've been told that, that they've got to be on medication. They get very frustrated with diagnosis and the diagnosis is always due to their age or the, the thing they did 10 years ago that happened randomly or 
or you know the fresh air or the bed they've set. It's always something external to them. But I can't get people better like that. I can only get people better by finding the biological response. That's when I get people better. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I mean, I said, I said to you at the beginning, I haven't treated pain. Actually, while I've been over here, I've treated my girlfriend's nan and she had knee pain. Where did you take she, her? Yeah, took her out to dinner. Uh, or at least I would have done if we weren't on lockdown. Uh, oh, that's right. So I, I started picnic on the side. No, yeah. but she's had knee pain for ages and there's lots of swelling in the knee. Mm. And, and she takes care of her husband who's got dementia. So she needs to be able to walk around. And she was told she needed an operation. Now, all I did and all I did to begin with, was show her how to move her legs correctly. And within five minutes, she was walking up and down like a 20-year-old. Before, she had pain and she was unsteady on her feet. She is in her 80s. Yeah. And as soon as I changed her movement, showed her how to move correctly, she could walk up and down and she was absolutely fine. No pain. And the pain has still gone to this day. I've done a bit more treatment on her to heal some ligament damage but i just had a move and she got her stability back and the pain went away almost instantaneously yeah and they wanted to operate she's been suffering for ages years with that pain while she's trying to care for her sick husband this is not good enough this is appalling behavior and this is what people do all the time it happens with anxiety depression chronic pain illness disease And, you know, when I have someone come to me with viral symptoms or bacterial symptoms that aren't healing, I'm going to help them. And I'm going to help them by finding the shock, by finding what's caused it, the biological response and switch it off because that actually works. That actually does work. And when I've done that with people with viruses, you know, I did it with someone with chicken pox. It was an adult. Now we all know adults don't get chicken pox, but one of my friends did. She was supposed to fly to Washington because she's a lawyer um, and she had to go over there and uh, she was grounded by a doctor and said, you've got chicken pox. She had spots all over her face and she was grounded. He said, you can't go. So she came on to me. We switched it all off, found the shock that created it. Uh, chicken pox is an intellectual conflict, which is why kids generally get it, not adults because they yeah. go at school and they go through intellectual things. Conflict, Whereas, yeah. yeah. It was adults don't tend to get that, but she was going through that in her business at the time with one of her friends. So she got an intellectual conflict. I switched it all off and within 48 hours, literally 48 hours, she went back to the doctor and the doctor told her she could fly. So she didn't catch chicken pox then? <laughs> no, no, she didn't catch it. Sarcasm. Yeah. Because if she did, I wouldn't be able to switch it off for her. I know, I know. That's the whole point of me saying that. And, and what's tragic is that people don't know. I've done that over 10 years. I've done that lots of people, not lots of chicken pox, but colds, flus, chest infections. I've done that lots of people. Who, who come to me and they don't necessarily know I can do that, but I'll then say, well, I can help you with that and I'll switch it off. Mm-hmm. And people don't realise it's possible and it's really sad. Yeah. And so, because I know that whatever is making people ill, and I'm not saying people aren't getting sick, I know because I've switched things off for people, it can't possibly be a virus. So, or it can't be the virus in the way it's being talked about because the virus is not transferable. Scientifically, it's not transferable. And from my experience of helping people and switching things off, I've seen it's not transferable. I mean, just alone, I had two women come to me about two years ago and they were coming to me for physical pain. And it was two women in the same year. 
and they both had uh, cold and flu type symptoms. And all they'd actually done is trap a nerve in their body. So they both had sweating, they were both exhausted, they both felt fluey and cold. Yeah. But when I released the nerve, which was trapped in the neck and shoulder area, uh, within 48 hours, their symptoms were all gone. So well, they didn't catch it then? No, they didn't catch it, no. <laughs> so it, it's really sad to see uh-huh. people suffering when you and me both know that that's not how that works. But yeah, because the belief has been there for so long, um, it's very hard to change your belief systems because people have believed it for so long. I mean, we're talking centuries people have believed this for. Do you know how it, do you and, want to know how it, do you want to know how it came about? Yeah, no, how did it come about? So what happened was, is it was around about the time of Louis Pasteur, around 1860. And uh, what happened was um, that he had two books. One was on germ theory. And there was another guy called Beauchamp that said it was about the terrain, the, 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 the terrain in the body. Yeah. So, but he said that, so Pasteur said that it was all about everything external. It was germ theory, virus theory. Yeah. It's a myth, by the way. And, but he had two books. And what he did is he used Beauchamp's mo- uh, information and passed it off as his own. And so he got all the accolades from the King of France. And mm. that's how, and he went around vaccinating animals and kids and murdered nearly and killed nearly everyone with vaccinations. And, mm. but anyway, um, he got all the, the nobility and he got all the accreditation for this germ theory. And but actually really what he's, all of his results are from Beauchamp, but he twisted them into an extinct externally rather than thing internally. And so mm. basically that whole model of medicine still exists now and everything, that's why now everything is the way it is. Everything's external because it comes from that model, which has been proven to be incorrect by many physicists, physicians, biologists, and chemists over the last hundred years. But nothing actually changes as the paradigm. The paradigm is still the germ model because it facilitates businesses and corporations to sell you products and tablets you know, because it's something yeah. external. But anyway, the whole thing about the, uh, the how the virus is. So it was, it was back in the time I think it was the English and the French, and uh, they were at war. And they didn't want one of the countries to dock. Yeah, they didn't want them to come on board, come on board and attack, attack the, yeah. that land. So what they did is they created a, a a myth that all the people in that town were diseased, and if they docked their boat, then they would catch the disease, which would mean that they'd have to stay out at shore, anchored up, and then they'd run out of food, and they'd run out of water, and they'd have to return home. And right. that, that was a myth that was created to prevent a war invasion. And yeah. so what then happened is over a period of time, over tens and twenties and thirties and forty, fifty years, the story become the wives' tale, become a belief, become a fact. Yeah. And that's now playing out continuously for the last 160 years that we catch stuff, we can catch stuff and we can catch diseases. But it was all yeah. just a story made up by the people of the town because they didn't want either the English or the French. I can't remember. I think it was the, the English was invading France, and that's yeah. where and that story was made up, and that story has stuck. Yeah, and that's and that's basically it. There's no proof, no evidence. Uh, Pasteur uh, fraud was 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 a complete fraud and frauded all of the information. Um, there's a book called The Secret Memoirs or The Secret Diary Memoirs of uh, Louis Pasteur where he basically had one set of results, which was where all of this stuff that he said of germ theory failed and there was Beauchamp's. Anyway, but yeah, so it was all about the terrain. It's all about the environment. When I say the environment, that's, it's in the environment. So for example, we know that a virus is nothing more than a biological response. Yes. And 
what so so the virus is actually the effect not the cause not the something's cause causing the virus something's causing the cell to create a virus and that virus is where they create exosomes and RNA and DNA cleans out all of the toxins from the cell, pushes it out into the body. Which leads me on to another thing about all these people wearing masks. Because the whole way of getting rid of toxins from your body is through breathing and through the digestive system. They're the only really two ways you can get stuff out of your body. By, yeah. you know, by the... the, by the um, breathing out. By your waist or breathing it out. So all these people walking around with masks breathing in all their own toxins, the toxins. To get rid of. and that's going to facilitate them being sick because they're not going to yeah. get rid of the toxins and this no. is another men this mental behavior people don't actually just people don't understand they don't go and do they don't do no. research they don't look into it they just believe as always what they're just being fed by the people that want to make them sick and they yeah. want to make because they, they will do because nearly everything about this is wrong in every in every area and, and you said something to me. You said something to me about uh, a doctor about washing hands. If you keep washing your hands, that also does something. And I can't remember what yeah, you said. Yeah, so yeah, very much so. So um, what? Uh, so it's a, it's a microbiologist um, and uh, very very highly qualified. Works in genetic biology and stuff. And she was saying that um, the problem is is that the, the the germs and bacteria you have on our hands is actually our protection. It's actually a protection. And when we keep washing the protection away we now become susceptible and vulnerable because we've now no longer got the protection because the skin's a two-way thing. It breathes out and it breathes in. So, and the other thing as well is when you're rubbing all this alcohol and all of this sanitizer, once you've removed the protective bacterial and germ layer away off your body and your body's now open, when you're rubbing all of that uh, gel and alcohol into your hands, that's now going into your bloodstream and that will now make the cells toxic and poisoned which then facilitates the cell to create a virus to clean itself out so nearly everything that everything that i'm hearing about it is just completely the opposite to what we really want to be doing but yeah um, and that's my and what's, what what i feel what i think is really sad is that 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 when we speak about this you and me we are trying to show the people that you can heal yeah that you do not need to be frightened yeah. that you can actually heal the body naturally. Uh, but people seem to want to believe that they're weak and vulnerable. Yeah. Now, I understand the fear response is doing that, and I get it. But I think it's really sad society that society wants to believe that they're weak and vulnerable instead of believing that they actually can heal, they can be well, and they can be healthy. And I think that's a very sad state of affairs. And I understand why people believe that because it's been instilled in them for so long. But yeah. all we're trying to do is show them that they're strong, they're capable, and they can get rid of it naturally. Yeah, and it absolutely. doesn't have to be the massive problem that everyone thinks it is. We're, yeah. we're actually trying to take away the fear, but it almost seems like people want to be in fear. They want to deny, because the DTO system, uh, one of the, the DTO system has five basic, I know you know this, but people don't, the DTO system has five basic principles that it follows. And the first principle is that if you are, if someone tells you something that leaves you in either a fear, suffering or a victim mentality, ignore it because it's not true. Now this comes out of 20 years of experience of me working with people. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and in those 20 years, I've found that if someone's in fear because they've been told something scary, or if someone's been told nothing can be done, they're now a victim. And then they're left because 
people given up on them, they're now suffering. Any one of those three things now cause people to suffer, get worse, get ill, get sick. So I've observed in 20 years that those three things are the worst things to listen to yeah. and they're never, ever correct. They're never correct. I've never seen one person who came to me in fear about their pain or their anxiety and depression or their virus or whatever it was that was actually true. And as soon as I take the fear out, then switch off the biological response, their problem goes away. Yeah. 99% of the time. But this goes back to, but this goes back really to the education system. It goes back to the medical, what they're teaching. And this is also about trauma-based mind control. And what governments and what uh, in particular the media does is create trauma-based mind control. And that will take your power away. And they've done it, when you look back consistently from 9-11 to the, to the wars in Iraq, the terrorist attacks everywhere, now the virus, it's consistent. It's 20, it's consistent trauma-based mind control but the problem is that the majority of the people think these are naturally occurring events they don't really understand that this is all being created and manipulated to to divide and control the people it's what they've always done but people cannot see past that they really don't believe that 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 governments that will quite happily go into another country and wipe out millions of innocent people of foreigners wouldn't wipe out their own people they just can't accept that oh but they're foreigners that's all right i mean just that mentality alone um, uh, it's just that's the problem. Is they because they have this illusion that well we voted for these people they're going to look after. No, they don't. They do not care about you in any way, shape, or form. They don't care about you. They don't care about all the old people because they've got them living on benefits and pensions that in winter they can't either pay their heating or they're going to eat. And then the next yeah. minute they're coming out saying, oh, we got to look after and save the old people. Now they don't care. Uh, this is this isn't but this is the thing this is all it's all it's all controlled it's all manipulated and it's all designed that way and you know you've got to give it to them that you know everything that this whole response to their the situation has happened ticks every single box to make somebody sick it yeah everything they're doing just make will make you actually a lot worse yeah and and people they've got, just... you, locked up in, they've got you locked up in your home the only yeah. thing that you've got is your telly. And so yeah. they've got now they've now got you 24 hours a day. Deaths here, deaths here, vaccines, this, this, they're pounding you 24 hours a day. And and that's it, you're done. And I'm gonna explain that in this, how that works in a minute. But but but, but and, so and being the... left alone and being locked in and having your liberties taken away and having no money. The whole thing is just designed to make everybody sick. But what's really it was really interesting is you know, people are being left alone and while it's okay to be on your own, it's the, the feeling of alone. Actually, feeling alone is what creates a lot of illness and disease. And there was yeah. actually an article on Facebook uh, about six months ago stating that they have proved or discovered that an alone feeling actually causes illness and disease. Yeah. And, and there was one of the, doc the doctor who, the, uh, I, uh, the foreign doctor who's on the BBC a lot or on TV a lot in the UK, uh, he actually started healing disease naturally, and I assume he still does. And one of the ways he was doing it was by getting people out and connecting with each other and going on walks. Yeah. And what that was doing was bringing them together so they didn't feel as alone, and that's why they were healing, because they weren't alone anymore. And I'm not sure he recognised that, but maybe he did, maybe he didn't, I don't know. But by, So he's been, he's been healing disease and diabetes and all these things, and he's a doctor, he's been doing it naturally, instead of using medication, 
by altering diet, reducing stress levels. And he's a, he's a doctor. And, and it was part of it was getting people out and connecting. So by keeping people in, they're isolated, they're alone. That's going to make disease more prevalent. Yeah. If you couple that with the fear response as well, then you're in trouble. Yeah, add fear into that. Well, now you may have a very severe problem. Um, and and that's, that's really sad that people aren't seeing that. Really, really sad. Yeah. And I keep telling people, now, if you want to know the truth, turn off your TV. Because your truth yeah. doesn't exist on the TV. It's yeah. trauma-based mind control. That's what it all is. It's social engineering, which they use to socially engineer the population to divide and rule them. White against black, gay against straight, Muslim against Christian. This whole design that way. It's about divide and rule. It's about creating polarity and creating pendulums. And then the rest of it's all trauma-based mind control. It's constantly yeah. trauma-based mind control. The news is trauma-based mind control. Fear, yeah. panic, panic, fear, fear. This is good. And if you, but the problem is, is that people don't realise is that if you don't, I mean, see, obviously, because I'm, I'm very aware of the language that's being used. Nearly everything that the news will tell you is possibly, or suggesting, or maybe, or it's always in the future. They're not saying this is yeah. happening now. They're, they're, you know, I saw. Uh, on, uh, I was looking at some um, new stuff early on the internet. Well, I won't look at it. It was a report from America, but it had a UK headline, and it said the UK governments are suggesting that it may. It's just suggesting. Now, people who are going to read that are going to not realise that it's a suggestion. Yeah. Which is hip, Which is hypnot getting you hypnotised? That's what we it's use. Hypnoti that's hypnotic. That's hypnotic language. Hypnotic language, exactly. But most people will now have a reaction to that. And have that now as a belief that that's going to happen, and then now you're back, you're now back into a trauma-based response. So, so what we what we're trying to explain to people is how fear really does affect you, and not only create uh, uh, mental issues, but can also create physical symptoms as well. So, I think now would be a really good time to go to your model of how the brain works, because I love this when you do this. Uh, live it's so funny um, yeah. and people do sit up and think twice uh, and they start yeah. to recognize what's happening in their brain um, and I think you need to see this a few times to really get it in your head uh, because sometimes people get it straight away and sometimes people have to go away and think about it so putting this on video is a brilliant idea and we've been wanting to do this for a while so I yeah, think yeah. now we've spoken about how fear affects us and how it can actually cause the illness to make it worse uh, let's have a look at the go to the model brain. However, okay. while you're doing that, I'm going in the first step. I'm just going to go and plug my laptop in because it might die. Okay, uh, go on. And as I'm recording, so you start, and I will come back and to just make a start. Yeah, I just, before you go, right? mate, I just want to I want to just bring this a little bit closer. So I just want to make sure that okay, so we can. I'm still in view. Yep. And can yep. you still see this? Can you still see this here. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. You can go you a little bit closer than that. You can go a little bit closer if you want. Yeah? Are we good here? Well, yeah, perfect. Lovely. Right, excellent. Okay, cool. Well, you're going to plug your okay. laptop in. I'm going to leave a little in, I'll give a little intro into this. So, uh, okay. so, this is, so this is something that uh, over the years, um, you know, is well known from probably for other podcasts and stuff. I've had a pretty traumatic time throughout my whole life. One thing after another, after another, after another. Uh, and that's because I, need, because I used to man up and uh, I used to be tough and hard and, and all the rest of it. And that broke me. And that's what's going to, and it will happen to everybody sooner or later, or it will just make you become numb in life. 
Uh, and so once I'd reached the point where I wanted to sort of end my life, um, I then decided to, um, I, I learned everything about the human. I didn't want to take my life, but I, I ended up getting to a point that's where I was. And so I ended up doing lots and lots of different types of therapies. I, wanted, I mean, because I just didn't want to be here. And I, I was a really broken person. And I didn't want to, and so I did lots of different therapies. I did lots of different types of, uh, of um, uh, healings and I tried everything. I went down every single route. I did the reboot program and then I ended up becoming an NLP practice, uh, doing NLP. And from that, from all of these things that I'd done, not one of them would work. So although I spent lots of money invested into my own health and getting better, actually what actually happened was that none of them worked. It didn't matter what I did, none of them worked. And I'm trying to find out, well, I'm being told by doctors, professionals, people with PhDs that have been universities, psychologists that, you know, that I need to do these things and none of them was working. And I, and I lost hope. And I'm like, well, you know, that's why I got to the point where I ended to end my life. And, and then um, I went and done the NLP, I, did, I said I did an NLP course. And I found out that basically that I did through one of the, one of the processes that we did at the event, I instantly, something shifted in me and I could change the way that I feel. And I was like, well, I've been told that you can't change the way you feel. Uh, that you have to live with it, manage with it, cope with it. And, um, you know, and those living, managing and coping with it drove me to severe drinking, gambling, drug problems. Not because I had the drug problem, it's because I was trying to avoid how I felt in a natural state. You know, I was in such a bad way. I was so broken and so hurt and so beaten up by people, situations and circumstances that I, you know, I just was had to be like that. So anyway. So what ended up happening was is that once I found out that I could change the way I feel, I wanted to know why I was being told by all these professionals and all these doctors and all these experts that I couldn't change the way I feel. And so I wanted to know why none of these therapies worked. And so I then spent uh, two years in my home here, locked in my house. Uh, I was living on £10 a week and my mum was bringing me food. That's how bad it got. And... Uh, I spent two years stuck in my home because I had no money to go out. I had all my money stolen from me. I'd lost everything. I lost my house, I lost my car, I lost my money, I lost everything. And, uh, and I taught myself everything. I wanted to know how this worked. Why, why doesn't all of these therapies work? And how, how can I change the way I feel? And I went down the academic route. So I ended up reading a lot about the academic stuff, the neuroscience stuff, a whole process of how the brain works from a from a try from what we call a tried and tested model um, and then i've come to realize that actually that's why none of it worked because they're running from that model and this is why i say to people i can't believe in a in, a, in an establishment that tells me about depression anxiety and ptsd and trauma that i've got it completely wrong and now they're trying to tell me i can you know about this virus stuff i'm not having it because they're wrong about everything nearly everything and so so I wasted a year learning it from an academic perspective. And so I had to throw that out the window. And then I went from a, like you, like you did with DCO, yeah, I come from outside of the box. And what I started to do was analyzing all the different things that I'd learned. And that was a, a process of elimination. Because that now meant I knew what, not, what doesn't work. And that narrowed it right down. If I'd have done that from the first place and done it from the process of not trying to learn everything 
and then putting it together just saying, well, that doesn't work, 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 and finding out why that was left me, left me with this. And I was lucky enough to do the reboot program with Greg where I learned a lot of stuff from a lot of different other therapies and coachings and stuff. And once I basically spent a year and pieced all this together, all the pieces of the jigsaw all fell into place. And then finally, when I worked with you, um, I actually now had the, the technique to do it. So I knew all of this information, but there was no way of actually being able to change anything. So I just knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew the whole lot. I knew what everyone's problems were. I knew where they existed, but there's no way I could change them. And that, and that was really the big thing. And so once I found the DTO system, this now all of a sudden work is a 100% model. Um, and this is going to be in layman's terms because I know we think the, comp the brain is a very complicated thing. It isn't really. It's a very simple thing. As you well know, it's, it's, a, it's a switchboard. And um, yeah. so I'm going to start now. I'm just going to tell you really how, how the, so when, we, when we're born, right the way up to however old you are to the current day. And I know this to be true in every single human being. So no one, we're not all different. It's just our environment and our characters and personalities are different. That's really it. As a human beings, we're all exactly the same. And that's why, you're, why the DCO system works on everybody for everything. Yeah. So I'm going to start really. So, so, so and you know, this is, this is my take on it. Okay. This is like, I said, this is how I, my perception of it. Um, it's no right and it's not wrong, but this model works for me and I've healed everybody in with everything. <laughs> So there's got to be an element of truth to it. Because <laughs> if this was wrong, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So, yeah. so anyway, take it or leave it. So I want you to realise that between the ages of 0 and 1 years old, we have a, a part of the brain which is called the reptilian complex. So I want you to imagine that you're a baby, and at the top of the brain, at the very top of the brain, uh, there's this, the reptilian complex. And that basically deals with automated systems such as breathing, digestion, sweating, heartbeat all those automated systems that we have, booing, weeing, all the rest of it. So that's why between the ages of naught and one, that's all a baby can do, because that's the only part of the brain that's been developed, okay? And that's the only thing that happens. Now, between the ages of one and seven, we then develop the emotional brain. So another part of the brain now develops over the top of that, okay? And that's called the mid-limbic system. And this is like our emotional brain. Um, so this is where, uh, where we uh, live from our feelings, and this is our character. This is our true, authentic self. This is who we really are. Every single one of us comes here with a set of unique talents and skills. And we have those given to us as a, that's our natural talent and skills. So that's our, our true, authentic self. And then what happens is over a period of time, parents, schools, teachers, then, then mould their version of the world and reality responses onto us. And in this period of time, what we do is we, between the ages of one and seven, we have a thing called mirror neurons. And what we do is, is that we copy and mimic everything in our environment to learn. So every time that we, you know, a baby falls over, picks itself up, picks itself up. It's the same thing when it's looking at its parents or it's looking at its mother, how they react, how they respond, what they do, what they say. In any situation or circumstance, they mirror that and take that as a learning. They adopt that because that's their only way of saying, oh, that's how I deal with that. That's how I learn from that. Yeah. So I learned to deal with this situation like that. And that's why in most cases, most people say, oh, I'm just like my mum or I'm just like my dad. No, you're not. It's just that that's what you've copied from as a program, the overlay that goes over the top. Yeah. Okay, so that's really what's going on. And so, so if I'll give you an example, uh, uh, so like basically what happens is, is that 
as children between the ages of one and seven, you hear that saying, give me the child before seven and I'll, I'll give you the man. That's because in the, everything really happens in the front end of one to seven years old. All of our learnings, all of our teachers, all of our beliefs are formulated in that period. And so what happens, I want to give an example, was that, uh, that if you're sitting, you say you've got a two-year-old child sitting in his armchair and uh, he's eating his mashed potatoes and his peas and then he drops the spoon on the floor. All of a sudden, mum's going to go, or dad's going to go, right, what do you think you're bloody doing? Look at all the mess on the floor, blah, 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 blah. Okay, just eat your dinner properly. And then the child will go, oh, it's all upset because it's been shouted at. But what it basically realises is just living in its feelings. It doesn't, it can't understand what it's doing wrong. It's trying to learn. And so what's happening is, is it has an emotional response to the parent or the situation that then basically means the child, it's the child's thinking, my mummy doesn't love me, my daddy doesn't love me. It doesn't understand what it's really going on. And so it'll be crying away. <laughs> and all of a sudden it'll go, what? And he'll try, why did I get, why was I shouted at? Was it because I dropped the, the spoon on the floor? Is it because of the mess that it made? Is it because of the noise it was made? Oh, I don't know. And then child will drop the spoon on the floor again. Then dad or mum comes, all right, that's it, I've told you, look at all the mess you've made, blah, 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 blah. You've raised your voice at the child, shouting and screaming at the kid because it's such an inconvenience because of all the mess. And now the child starts crying. And all of a sudden, it's like, get out of your high chair. You're not eating your dinner. Look at all the mess. Off to your bedroom. And the little two or three-year-old runs runs upstairs. But it actually doesn't know what it's done wrong. Because all it's basically doing is it's had the thing, it's had this emotional shock. Okay? And so, uh, so all these little dots in here are all the times, every time we have an emotional response to anything in our life, we store that information it gets hardwired into our brain. So a neural pathway is formed and all the information is stored in there. So if you can imagine throughout your whole life, every time your mum shouted at you, your friend kicked you, your sister kicked you, punched you, your aunties, your uncles, your school teacher, every time they created a negative emotional response in you that would give you that, to give you that quite hard shock, all that information gets stored in, your, in this part of the brain. For your, for, not from the, for the first seven years, but for your whole life. But up until the age of seven, that's where it's being stored. And what happens is, is that children actually can't really think. The logical part of the brain hasn't actually developed yet. They're living in the emotional brain. So that's when you ask a child, what do you think you're doing? The child will go, and the parents will go, don't just look at me, talk to me, tell me, what do you think you're doing? And it's going, I can't think, what's think? Because it can only feel. It can't think. And so, because the child then doesn't answer the parent, this parent gets pissed off and angry, and then he'll shout at the and create another one in there. And so throughout the ages of one and seven, every time that we do this to our children, we're creating all these instances. And if you can imagine between the ages of one and seven, there's millions of them. And those are the things that actually that are there that, that formulate who we are. Anyway, so you're with me so far, John? Yep. Great. So, so then from the age of seven to so, are you going to do this later on? Are you can explain how that affects us in adult life. You can do that later, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just checking. I'm just checking if you do that. Yeah, I'm going to ask I'll a question. Explaining everything. I'm, I'm going to explain ask... everything of exactly yeah. why people have what's going on for them and why their life is the way it is and how it's all caused. So anyway, so between the ages of seven and eleven, the the the, the bit over the top, the walnut bit, the frontal lobe is then developed, and that's what we call the neocortex or the cortex areas. Uh, but this part of the brain only deals with logic. Okay, so this is where our personality is. So our personality exists in this part of the brain 
and our character and our true self exists in this part of the brain. And what we do in this part of the brain is deal with logical things. So that will be language and understanding. So that's what we do. We talk, we communicate, we do rational thinking, we do problem solving, uh, we do, this is our awareness, our conscious state. When I want to go and pick my cup up, I'm consciously working out the distance and how it, that's all done in this part of the brain. This is the logical part of the brain. Uh, but this is actually our fake self because this is where we, this is all learned. This is our, where we do all learning. This is where we do all data processing, reading, watching videos, trying to understand the world that we live in. It's all done from this part of the body. Okay. Are you with me? Oh, this part of the brain, sorry. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Yeah. So this is where we do, this is where we do all of our problem solving and everything, our, our awake state. Yeah. So what happened was, is many years ago, uh, when the uh, introduction of MRIs, they were able to do brain scans. And what they were able to do is run lots and lots of tests on human behavior and how the brain works and what actually drives people to do and act how they do. And so, uh, so what they actually come to realize was that through these brain scans, that this part of the body, this part of the brain where most blokes, by the way, live from, the logical part, yeah, I'm I've clued up, mate. I know what I'm talking about. I understand everything. I can work it all out. I'm really clever. I'm really smart. That's why they're very good at uh, uh, computer programming and all the rest of it. It's all very logical. Yeah. But this part of the brain actually has no influence on your life or your decision making or anything in your life whatsoever. It will be, it will be very logical. So it's very good for business and it's very good for, for working problems out and doing things. But actually, when it comes to you and who you are, and dealing with your with your stuff this has no influence whatsoever yeah and when you go into a lot of the language therapies yeah that's why they don't work because what they come to realize is that 95 percent of of your of who you are your entire existence and all your decisions and all your behaviors are driven from this part of the brain not the logical part of the brain so that's why people uh, always get stuck when they go to a talk therapist because they're going to talk about it that exists in here but the problem exists in here not in yeah. here so that's why when we go to talk therapies that's where we want to talk about our problems that's why they never really get solved or resolved because yeah basically it's in a different part of the brain and the same way as where most people get stuck by trying to understand their problems because understanding exists in this part of the brain as well yeah and that's why it doesn't matter how much you try and understand your problem you're never going to solve it no. because the problem exists in this part of the brain so so all these little dots here are all what we call like the uh, the, 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 the emotional impacts the problems that we have from emotional responses our traumas uh, everything that happens in our life that causes us a problem and that's when we have an emotional response to something so this is yeah. how a memory is actually formed in my in my way so I want you to imagine that uh, that your whole life is a timeline okay and Every second of your life is just an event. So this is an event, and that's an event, and this is an event, and that's an event, and that's an event, and this is an event. Every second is an event, okay? Yeah. But what was the first one that I did? Can you remember? This one. <laughs> Can't remember, can you? No. No, because it was just an event. Yeah. And that's why you can't remember it. And that's why yeah. we go through our whole life not remembering anything, because they're just events. But as soon as we add an emotional response to the event, yeah, as soon as we have an emotional response to something, that then creates the memory. Yeah. So 
when we have an emotional response to an event that then saves that data, that information and stores it as a memory, and they will be the emotional response, but also at the same time, it will also store the learning and beliefs from that event. So for example, I know you're in Portugal, but if I, the first one I did was that, that's an event, yeah? If I had done that and kicked you in the shin, as I said, that's an event, and then I asked you what was the first one that we did, you would have went, well, it was that one, because you would have remembered it, because the emotional response would have been in yeah. your brain, and it would have been stored in the information. At the same time, you would have had a belief, Stephen's a nasty bastard, he kicks people when he does stupid things. So you'd have formed a belief about it as well. So every yeah. time we have an emotional response to any event, it forms the memory, that memory stores all of the emotional responses and the learnings and beliefs, and they get hardwired in there, boom. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, every time we have an emotional response, <laughs> they all get stored in there, right? Yeah. So, and this is, so, but this is now where the problem arises with people, because, um, so I'm gonna give you an example. So I want you to say, do you remember driving to work seven days ago? No, I was in Portugal. <laughs> no, okay. but when I did, no, I don't remember driving to work before I came here, no. Okay, great. So, what about if, uh, so you can't remember seven days ago. So what if you was driving up the top of, driving up the top of your road, as you would do, and you just about get to the top of the road, and you've got the radio on, and all of a sudden a woman and the child runs across, the, you know, uh, between the car, walks in front of you, you have to swerve the car, bang up the curb, the airbag goes off in your face, hot coffee gets thrown over you, your arms go, woo, 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 woo. you jump out the car, you hear the bang, the mother comes running up to you going, you silly bugger, you nearly hit my kid. You look down and see the child and you see the child's all right. And I said to you, John, do you remember driving to work seven days ago? What's your answer? Yeah. Exactly. Because you had all those emotional responses. And if I didn't see you for 20 years, and I bumped into you in Faro Airport in Portugal, and I said to you, hey, John, how the hell are you? The last time I saw you was when you go, yeah, I know, I nearly hit that kid. Oh, yeah, oh, my God, yeah, don't go, don't, don't, don't want to talk about it. And in that moment, you would have still had the same emotional response and feelings as what you would have had 20 years ago. Well, it's funny, because as you said that, a memory came up when I was driving down Eastwood Road, and we're going back about 15 years. And yeah. I was driving down the road, and, it's, uh, and a basketball flew out of one of the gardens, landed on my side of the road, and then bounced off. And my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, a kid's going to run out any minute. Yeah. Now, a kid didn't. But you saying that reminded me of that memory and that little bit of emotional response came up of, oh, my God, a kid might run out. Yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. it just brought up that memory instantaneously. Yeah, but the thing is, you see, what, what's happened there is, is in, that, in that event where you've had the emotional response, that emotional response has stored that memory and it's in there. And the thing is now, what you're actually doing is we're consciously... I'm going to say, John, yeah, and this is in your conscious state, your aware state, your awake state now. Do you remember that event 20 years ago? And what you're basically doing is you're Googling your, your conscious logical brain is going into this part of the brain, opening up, the me opening up that memory, and then all of those emotions and responses from that memory now come from the unaware part of the brain into yeah. the awareness. So all of a sudden, I go, do you remember that time? You'll go... And it will come up from here, it will go, oh my God, yeah, oh my God, yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's why people say, don't want to talk about it, don't go there. Because what's happened is, is yeah. you've Googled a memory, the memory's now opened up, or you've connected to that neural pathway, and now all of your body's now creating all those chemicals and those responses to those emotions that come from the unaware to the aware. Yeah. Right? 
But that's okay though, because you know why you're feeling those shitty feelings, because you've consciously gone in and Googled your memory and opened up those feelings. And when those feelings come from being in the unaware part of the brain into the aware part of the brain, you know why you're feeling it. Oh yeah, no, I don't go there, I feel terrible, I feel terrible, I don't wanna go there. But the difference is, is you know the reason why, is because you've consciously gone into that memory and brought them up. Now here's the thing, yeah. I want you to imagine now that you're sitting on your sofa uh, a, month down, a month down the line, and uh, you're sitting and watching EastEnders, and, uh, oh, um, and Mrs. Shaw walks in and goes, hey, oh, Mr. Shaw, here's your cheese on toast, and EastEnders is on, and it starts, all of a sudden, it starts half past seven, <laughs> you're sitting there eating the cheese on toast, and Phil comes up and goes, oh, I'll tell you what, Pat, I'll tell you what, Pat, I'm going to go over Ian's cafe, I'm going to torch it, he's a mug, he's a slag, I'm going to do him, and I? And Pat's going, oh, you can't do that, Phil, you can't do that. Right, but, Whilst that conversation's going on and you're watching the TV, you see, or you don't see, but in the background, you'll see a mother and a child walking between two cars. What you, what's happening now is, is that even though you're not aware, you've consciously gone in and opened up that memory of the time the, the mother and the child crossed the car. Now, all of a sudden, those feelings now have been triggered. There's been an external trigger that you're unaware of, but it's happened. Now, all those feelings now come from the unaware into your awareness. And you'll go... Oh, blimey now, Mrs. Shaw, I don't feel too good. I've had a bit of a funny turn. I don't, I don't feel right. And now you don't know what it is. So now what you're going to try and do is you're going to try and understand it. Because you don't know the real yeah. reason why. You're going to try and understand what's going on. Oh, dear, I don't know what's going on. Love. I don't feel too good. I need to get a glass of water. Oh, I need to go and have a sleep. I don't feel too good. I'm feel really dizzy. I don't feel right at all. But the problem is, is that we've also then created another emotional response that gets stored in here. Oh, I didn't yeah. like that. Oh, my God. Oh, so that's an emotional response that now gets stored in there as well. Now, the following night, Mrs. Shaw comes and goes, yeah, Mr. Shaw, is your beans on toast? Because she'd just been paid, by the way. And, right. um, and so you eat, yeah. So she's eating, you're eating your beans on toast. All of a sudden, you hear the music to EastEnders or you see Phil, you hear his voice. I'll tell you what, Pat. All of a sudden, your brain now brings up the same responses of last night. It reminds remind you of last night. And also, it's still running the, the the previous days because those those that that whole response has been opened and then now those things are now still becoming your awareness now mm -hmm. i'll tell you what love oh my god i don't feel good at all i don't know what's going on i don't feel right something's not right i was like this last night and then what happens we start getting stuck in perpetual cycles because now all of a sudden something's wrong with me something's wrong with me and then we try and try and understand it and the more we try and understand it the more we get stuck in it and we'll just keep repeating these cycles of these emotions coming up and what generally happens is, is that we'll put up with it, we'll cope with it, manage with it, deal with it, talk about it, you know. But really deep down, what's going on is, is that we've got this going on and in different people have different coping strategies, which is not good. We don't want coping strategies. But we have different time, different time frames of when it can get the better of us. And depending on how yeah. strong you are, depends on how long it will be before you have your crash. And yeah. generally, what the, the problem is, is what's going on with everybody is that when they're running these feelings or these really down feelings of fear, depression, anxiety, whatever it is that's, that's been caused in that instant, what happens is, is that because we try and understand the problem or understand what's making us feel that way, what we generally do is make up shit. Yeah. We will just make up shit. Because we're trying to understand it. And this is really, really important, John, is that all beliefs drive behaviours. Okay? Now, the thing is, is yeah. that... So the thing is, is now you're feeling, you're sitting there going, oh, I don't feel right, I don't feel right, something's not right, something's not right. And you go, I know what it is, I know what it is, I'm not doing enough exercise. 
I know it is, I'm not doing, I need to go to the gym, I need to do some exercise. If I do that, then I'll feel really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, all of a sudden, you've had an emotional response because you think you've solved your problem. You go, yeah, that feels really good. And now you think you've solved your problem. And now, yeah. what, now because you believe it, yeah, you believe it now because you've had an emotional response, that's what I need to do. That belief drives your behavior, and tomorrow night you're down at the gym. All right, Dave, yeah, how you doing? Can I sign up for the gym, please? All right, Dave, how's it going, mate? Yeah, sort of my life out, and I, I'm going to do some exercise. I'm going to buff myself up with a summer, and I'm going to be well. I've been having a bit of a, you know, with that, you know how that goes, you see them all the time. But then what happens is generally after three weeks or so, um, the motivation and the emotional response of you thinking that you've achieved and solved your problem now dissipates, and now that feeling is now back again. And it's all right, Jim. Oh, I can't do it. I'm get motivated and all the rest of it. And now that dissipates. And then you go, oh, I know what it is. And you'll start making up more shit. I know what it is. I'm not sleeping properly. I'm not getting enough sleep. And so yeah. then what you'll do is you'll then start going to bed at heart. You'll go to your gym and you go to bed at half past 10. You go, yeah, look at me. I'm well smart. I'm well clued up. I can work it all out for myself. I don't need help. I can work it out for myself. And then after about a week and a half of having early nights, you realize that that. That, that the emotional response of solving the problem goes and the problem's still there. And it'll be, oh, I know what it is, I'm not eating healthy, I need to change my diet. And so you believe it, and now you're down Sainsbury's, eating your, buying your quinoa, having your chicken, eating your rice, having your vegetables, because that's going to sort it all out, that's what it is. But then you realise that after doing that for a few weeks, the feeling comes back, and then we'll make up more shit. Oh, I'm not drinking enough water. Well, guess what? You're going to believe that. Now you're drinking 300 quid's worth of water. You're down the gym. You're doing your quinoa. And you're, and you're doing, uh, and you're, um, uh, sorry, you're doing your exercise, you drink your water, you change your diet, and you're having your sleep. And now you're down the gym. Go, yeah, what do you want to do, Dave? I'll tell you what you want to do, what I'm doing, mate. I'll go to sleep every night, half past 10. I'll do like, I eat this three times a day. I'll do these exercises, and I'll do this and that and the other. And I'm eating my quinoa, and that's what you want to do, like me, mate. You want to do that like me. Even though it's not solving your problem, you're now telling everybody how to solve their problem, even though it's not solving yours. Because, hey, you do like a bit of ego and like you know what we're talking about because you know, that's just like all of us like to do that, don't we? But anyway, and so what will then happen is, is that will now dissipate and then it'll be, I'll tell you what it is, Tracy. It's you, love. I was all right until I met you. You need to go. And now that you've got rid of the missus and you go, I see it. Once I get rid of her, I'll be happy. And so basically we just continue going on. It's this house. I need to decorate. It's this house, it's you, Dave, I need a new car, it's where I live, I need a new area. And constantly, what we're just constantly doing all the time is when we have these feelings and emotions, we just make shit up, believe the shit we make up, and behave from that. And what we're basically doing for the whole time is just going round and round and round and round in our logical brain, trying to understand it, making up shit and believing the shit we make up, and then going from our ego, telling us they are what we're doing. And all of a sudden, it'll get a point where it doesn't work anymore. And you've yeah. tried everything. And you've been on YouTube and you've had coaches and you've had all of it and no one can solve your problem. You're now the doctors. You Why? Because the problem is actually you driving up the top of your road and nearly having that hit and that child in the car. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with anything else. And so it's not until you go in to this and actually switch off or delete those feelings or learnings from all of your past feelings or responses and experiences that those feelings won't go away. And so yeah. what basically DTO does is that when these feelings and emotions come up, when we bring them up, we switch off all of the learnings and the beliefs and the feelings and the emotions related to those experiences, switch them from a negative to a positive. And then when they go back down, when we get re-triggered in the future, when we watch film and 
when it opens up that memory, that memory now brings up positive feelings, positive emotions, and it's no longer there. And so the yeah. more that we go back into all of our past events and switch off and remove all the negatives, learnings, and beliefs, the better. Because all of these are running in your life all the time. Yeah. They don't go away. They're there all the time. And people think that time's a great healer and they are, I've dealt with my problems. I'm going to save people that you haven't. They're just there. It's just that the emotional response from the initial impact of it has now, your body's built up a resistance to that chemical, which is the emotion. Yeah. And over a period of time, your body now gets used to that chemical and you think it's gone. But actually it's not. It's still there. And it's running yeah. all the time. It's, just that you, it's like if a drinker, he will drink one, then two, then three, then five, then eight. And one drink now doesn't affect him because he's built up a tolerance to it. That's exactly the same that's happening with our neurochemicals to all of these events. This is what causes yeah. illness. This is what causes disease. This is what causes anxiety, depression. And it also, all of these events and all these learnings drive all of our decisions and our behavior. So everything that you do in your whole life is driven from all of those things. And unless you go yeah. and change those, you'll carry on doing the same thing all your life. Law of attraction will kick in and you'll just keep attracting more of the same. Yeah. Now, and th the thing is here, the only difference here really is that depression is depression. Anxiety is slightly different because as we both know, anxiety is when uh, an event happens in your life. And you have that emotional shock that gets stored in here. The emotional response is where you felt attacked and powerless. Yeah. And that will then create the anxious response. So we need, so that's what gets the anxious response gets stored in that memory. And that's why anxiety is triggered when we feel attacked and powerless or something that relates to that. Yeah. And obviously with depression, um, that will generally um, uh, be due to a loss complex, as we well know. It'll be yeah. a, a territory loss, so something in the territory. It'll be a territory yeah. loss, territory anger, territory fear, something we can't digest or something um, that's crossed our boundaries. But when you know those responses, you can go to anybody's depression, open this up, find out what, open that up from the unaware, bring it into the awareness, switch all of those off, send them back and they're no longer depressed. So, um, yeah. so that's basically generally what's going on with our brain and how the brain works. I can carry on with lots and lots and lots more stuff, but I'm obviously mindful that, you know, um, uh, of that it's not really viable and, and people really yeah. need to come and see me to, for me to do the whole thing. But I'm hoping that, that ultimately now people will see that and go, oh my God, because everybody that comes to me goes, that's me, I do that, I do that, that's me, it is, I do that. And so once we become aware of that, uh, this might help people go, shit, I need to do something about it. And ultimately, they can come to myself and you and actually remove these or even learn the process themselves uh, to do it themselves. Um, but well, um, well, I had a client doing that. Yeah, I had a client doing exactly that this week. So I came on, on Skype, I've been healing her depression over the past few months and she came on and said, she said, oh my God, I've been, I've been crying over the weekend and I've been in absolute tears. And I said, well, what's wrong? She said, oh, I don't know. So I think, and bear in mind, she's been doing this work with me for a few months. She said, uh, oh, I don't know. I, I just think I'm not eating right. I'm not sleeping properly. Yeah. I was like, no, stop, 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 stop. So she believed that, even though she's been doing this work, I mean, getting gradually better and better, but something had re-triggered her. So I said, stop, put that aside for a second. What did you hear that triggered you? And she went, oh, oh. And it was her partner. Her partner had said something, and the tone of her partner speaking um, had made her feel like a child. And, and I said, okay, well, great. So as I started clearing that, I said, where does that come from? And it reminded, of a, reminded her of a mum when her mum used to get angry and tell her off. And that's what it was. It had nothing to do with the diet or anything else. It was over the weekend, her partner had used a particular tone. It was a critical tone, criticising her. 
And so she burst into tears because it reminded her of how her mum's spoke to her. Does this come out from your unaware into your awareness and she experienced it? Exactly that same thing. Exactly the same thing. And, and people just aren't aware of it. You know, I had an, uh, another client who's a, a, a little kid um, and he's, he's about 10. And, you know, one of his family members was telling him off because he couldn't, he couldn't find an item of clothing. And he, uh, and he started talking back to the person telling him off, but he was defending his territory. But the person who was telling him off didn't realise he was triggering one of his other family members who used to tell him off all the time when he was younger. Yeah. And just by telling him off and shouting at him was actually just triggering him. It wasn't helping the situation. It's kept triggering the poor kid. So the kid couldn't function, couldn't, couldn't react. He went straight into fight and flight. And unfortunately, the kid's response was to come out fighting, to defend himself. And then that looked like he was back chatting. But he wasn't. He was just trying to defend his territory. Yeah, because this, he is, was... this is exactly why I think all adults, literally everybody in the whole world is literally fucking screwed up and messed up. Because yeah. even though parents don't know it, they are causing all of the problems. Because yeah. from a very, very, very young age, A, they don't understand that every time you create an emotional response in a child they will have a learning and a belief it will be a negative thing it will be it, it, it's just it's either going to come out in an aggressive way or they're going to go into their shell and it's going to cause anxiety or depression they have an identity crisis that's why everybody's screwed up because everybody's yeah. screwed up from the one to seven because from one to seven that's now the platform from your how you live your reality that's everything's already programmed by the time you're seven it's all done in the emotional brain and it's all done through feelings and so if 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 you've got a lot of if you've got a lot of children that's had a lot of stuff go on to them, that's why they're messed up. Because as soon as this logical, as soon as the understanding part of the brain starts to grow, all of this stuff comes rushing up and they become aware of it and they start going mad. Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? That's when you've got problems with concentration or ADHD, which I think is a big thing to do with it. So they've got so much stuff being triggered they can't concentrate yeah. they can't think they can't concentrate got all these emotional things going on what's going on what's going on what's going on what's going on but all yeah. of that's been way laid in there because they've just constantly been for that whole period of time and also yeah. as well they they mirror the environment so if they watch their father reacting in a certain way or their mum behaving in a certain way i see so many children that are basically got anxiety and depression and they've learned it from their mum or yeah. their dad but generally their mum so now briefly show everyone how this model of the brain is being triggered by current events. Well, okay. So basically, so well, the current event is everything is an event. Yeah. So as soon as we have an emotional response to an event, it creates the memory. Now, what people don't realize is, is the subconscious brain, this mid-limbic brain, can't tell what's right, what's true and what isn't. So let me give you an example of that, John. You must remember the film, Jaws. Yes. Before everybody was going in the sea, swimming in the sea, everything was fine and hunky-dory. They went and watched the film, Jaws. Yeah. They come out of that film and 30% of the world stopped swimming in the sea. Wow. Why? Because their brain perceived, they had the emotional response to what they saw and that created a memory that gets stored in the subconscious now the subconscious believes it's real. Yeah. So as soon as we have an emotional response to anything, our subconscious believes it's real. This yeah. is why we have to be very careful about what films we watch, what TV we watch, the news, because that's all the news does is create fear, which is an emotional response. 
And that emotional response, whether it's true or not, will be so stored and staged as a real experience. Yes. And so everybody now who's watched the TV and seen all of these situations that they haven't actually really experienced in their real life and their true life experience, they've watched it on a TV screen that's elicited an emotional response. They now believe it to be real. Yeah. And true. They've actually physically experienced it in real life when they haven't. Yeah. So now what's going to happen is, is all these, everything now is so fear driven is that fear is the highest of all emotional responses and that now gets stored in there. So that's why everybody now, even when this is over, is going to be messed up because yeah. the more they sit there feeding their tea watching their TV, how many times a day will you see something on the news that will say, Oh my God, news breaking another, the 50 deaths in Italy. Oh, that's a shock. It's going to be another one. And that's just going to reinforce it, and reinforce it, and reinforce it, and reinforce it. Because their brain thinks it's actually true. Yeah. They've actually experienced that because they've had an emotional response. Every time we have any emotional response to any event in our life, our brain perceives it to be true, whether it's a film, real life, or perception. And I want to say that the news and that is a perception because you don't, no one ever goes with questions or proves what they're telling you is incorrect because, well, I haven't, the news is absolutely 100% true. They wouldn't lie to us, but I'm saying how bollocks, everything I've looked into has been a half truth or lie. So that's why I don't watch the news. And I also know this. And so I know by watching the news stops me eliciting beliefs because once we have an emotional response, we have these also beliefs and learnings. Mm. This is why everyone was anti Muslim. This is why everyone was. Salam Hussein, that's why everyone's anti Donald Trump. They haven't got a clue who Donald Trump is. They just had an emotional response to something that they've been told on their TV. Yeah. And that gets stored. And now, as soon as you mention their name, that's the trigger. Oh, yeah, gazers are better. No, 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 no. So it's all nonsense. So everybody's reality, unless they've actually experienced it, it's just made up shit. I'm sorry to say that, mate, but that's the truth of it. No, but even even when you have a real memory of something really happening, so if, if for instance we take something yeah. that is happening right now, for instance, you know people are being refused to see their loved ones when they're passing, yeah, that is now a real memory of something that happened to somebody. That yeah, memory is now whether gonna, it's real or not. No, it's that's right. But that memory is going to get lodged in their brain, and in the future it's going to drive a behaviour. In yes. the future it's going to drive a behaviour of grief, sadness, of loss. So every time they see a loss on the TV, every time they see someone that couldn't be with someone else, they're going to, or every time they hear that on the news that somebody else couldn't be with that, that's going to trigger that response. They're going to feel depressed and feel down. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of conversations globally that are going to be saying the same things and that will also be triggered. Yeah. And the other thing as well is that it will also drive behaviours that might stop people in the future going to see their relatives. Because if, if something's done over a period of time for too long, it becomes the norm. I think it's 21 to 28 days that becomes the new program. Yeah. It will supersede anything else. And so once yeah. you've got that, that could also have a, I'm not saying it's going to happen to everyone, so I'm not saying everyone, but there will be people that now will fall out of the habit or think that they can't go and see them because of what they've learned or what they've experienced now or the fact that they might give, because they believe they might give their, their aunt or their, their granddad or their mum or their, you know, the virus. Well, it's best I don't go around there just in case I give them flu or i give them another virus so you know you with me yeah no exactly yeah and that's and that'll also drive that behavior as well so I think, it's the emotional response that drives all decisions and behaviors yeah so the point 
I really want to hone in. Doesn't matter whether what's happening to you is real or perception. If it's a shock and it gets lodged in the brain with an emotional response, it creates problems. Yes. So it doesn't matter whether you've had a grief or you've had something horrible happen to you or you're perceiving something in the future could happen to you. Either one of them is bad for you. Yes. By keeping it in the brain. Correct. So we're not saying that bad things aren't happening. We're saying that by holding that trauma, by holding emotional response, that can cause you more problems in the future. And we just don't want that to happen to you. Yeah. Um, and you've also so got to remember that, that, that all of these will make all of these things that happened in your past make you who you are now. So yeah. you'll be lots of things that you don't do in your life or decisions that you make in your life, whether it's maybe uh, whether let's say let's say that you have a rejection, you know, you've gone and asked four or five men or women out and they've rejected you, and that rejection response is now giving you a bit of a shock and you've lost your confidence. Now Unless you go and switch off all of those emotional responses to those rejections, now you probably won't go and ask the sixth person because you go, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to get rejected. I didn't like that feeling. Yeah, so that's all right. And all of those learnings and beliefs will now condition future behaviour. Yeah. And unless you and go and switch that off, you will continue to behave in that way. And, those, and, then, you'll, and then because you're single and you, won't, you haven't got the confidence, then it will create another problem. Then you go, oh, I'm not good enough. Then I feel I'm on my own, and you'll feel alone, or little things like that exponentiate into bigger things. You need to go back yeah. and switch them off, so they're not in your, they're not in your uh, existence, and don't get in the way of your everyday life. You really don't want this stuff yeah. in your life, and and I know well, that because obviously from where I was when I first started to where I am now, <laughs> I mean it's like night and day. It's night and day, yeah. Well, I, I treated a lady like that a few months ago, and she was in a job. And every time she would be in a meeting, she'd, she'd feel rejected and small. But it came from when she was at business school, when she was 18, where her business coach would reject her and make her feel small in class. Yeah. And then it came, went back further to when her dad used to do it because he was an alcoholic. So, so I switched all that. But she wasn't able to function in meetings at her current job because she'd go to give her the presentation and she'd feel small and pathetic. So she couldn't do it. So as soon as I switched all that off, she went straight back in the meeting. She was 100% fine. Yeah. And she was I totally mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, it also, it's a great example is I was speaking to a lady last night and we, I, was, I was really, really going into, she was telling me about her where she is right now and I was able to literally piece her whole childhood into how she was brought up with her mother and her father, literally conditioned how she showed up in her relationships, how she acted in those relationships, and also how she was around her children and how she brought up those children. All of those three things were all basically subconscious programs from her upbringing. Yeah. But she didn't see that. She just thought, well, this is who I am. It wasn't until I broke it down and said, look, if you think about how you were treated there, that's where you're trying to compensate here. So it was the, it's an, a pendulum effect, literally a pendulum effect. Let me just push this back a little bit. It's a pendulum yeah. effect. And so... When you sort of know that and see that in people, I mean, for me, it's very, very easy to find out exactly what the issue is and go to it. But, yeah, you know, simply exactly just follow the pendulum. It's all of this stuff that actually is, again, it's driving the behaviour. So depending yeah. on what you mirrored, how your mum and dad's relationship was, will be very much how your relationship will be in the future. And if it's yeah. very if it's very logical and very doing, you'll be a very logical and doing person. If it's very touchy-feeling loving, you'll be very touchy-feeling loving in your relationship. So there is all that preconditioning and programming of the environment that dictates to us who we sort of genuinely become and how we yeah. act and behave. But what I want to say is, is that's still not really who you are. That's just a learning. No, it's and a just learning behaviour. Yeah. It's just a learned behaviour. And so when you know that, 
and you think I can't change or I can't change how I am or my relationships are shit or I'm stuck and or you're not brave or you, you feel weak or you can't get out of a relationship for example because you're frightened because you feel guilty and all the rest of it when you go back and switch that stuff off and remove all of those that will give you the power back to be who you are because again you're not trying to be strong when you're weak yeah. or you know and it brings back to who you are and then all of a sudden you see everything for what it is but all yeah. the time we have all of this conscious learnings and overlays over who we really are constantly being over yeah. a period of time and obviously the older you are the more emotional responses you have to situations the longer it takes to or Sunday. yeah you can't do it i mean some some people come to me that are in their under and i can get rid of their problem in about 45 there was a guy come to me the other day 35 minutes and a drink and drug problem drink and drug problem couldn't stop yeah. 35 minutes i managed to switch the whole thing off no, 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 it's, just, no, it's not there anymore because That's he's a lot incredible. younger he's a lot younger yeah a lot younger yeah yeah and, and the other thing as well is it also depends on what sort of person you are if you're very analytical and you're always trying to understand all the time you're trying to understand you're just going to make up shit and then believe it and you're just going to keep making more and more and more and more and more and more of these things so some people yeah. that, that aren't you know it's the intelligent people that are the problems because they yeah. just make some shit up to try understand, understand all the time yeah, yeah. and that's and where I, I think, was that, yeah you, you've done that in the past and I've done that in the past as well and, and that uh, I'm actually I actually try to avoid that as much as possible these days. Uh, I actually try to dumb myself down because the more intelligent I became, the worse I became. Um, so, but I, it, mate. I am. I'm. I'm feeling getting dumber by the day. Um, so, thanks. Cheers. You built me up at the beginning, and right at the end, you just kicked me down. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> is it just because I haven't seen you for a few weeks? You just trying to. Yeah, get out, exactly. right? I'm becoming resentful yeah. and uh, unloving. Yeah, unloving. I'm yeah. own too much. I need is a cuddle. Working for you? Not from you, though, huh? No, no. I said, is that working for you? Yeah, no, I ain't really. No. I mean, this is the other oh, thing as well. I mean, I mean, like now with all of this bullshit social conditioning crap, because you're going to catch something you can't catch. Um, yeah. you know, this whole social engineering and social conditioning thing for people like me that have been single for three, four years, and I've got myself in such a right place where I'm ready for like to be the best I could ever be. It's going to be yeah. really difficult. It's going to be a very difficult process because. I would go to say that 95% of the people <laughs> messed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be worse. I, I'm seriously thinking about going out and just licking people at this point. I'm just going to go out to and just lick them. <laughs> well, just to uh, prove a point. Yeah, just to prove a point. Just to prove that, you know, it's fine. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure the Portuguese are going to love you, mate. <laughs> they, they do. They do already. It's fantastic. Just don't do it at, just don't do it at passport control on your way home. Oh, no. no. They're not, they're not like that. Yeah. They enjoyed it on the way out and the way in. They loved it. Um, although I just end up licking the glass, if I'm honest. Mm. <laughs> Where is so, this conversation going? I don't right. know. I want to say, though, that was absolutely brilliant. Thanks for that, mate. That was absolutely brilliant. It's about time we put that out there because every time you've done that, uh, the audience have just, they've got it, but they've also laughed because of what they recognise that they're actually doing that constantly. And I think it's about time we shared that with people. Um, yeah. so thank you for doing that. And, uh, that was, it's always, every time you do it, I learn something new. Cause I, for those watching, I don't know that much about the brain like he does. I just switch it off. I don't, I don't, I, I don't try and understand things like that. Steve has studied this for a long time. He knows more about the brain than I do. And I'm totally cool with that. Okay. Um, so every time he says this, I learn something new. I just, I, and that helps him with his clients. And I, I don't quite do it like that. 
But I know that when he's done that in presentations, that, that how I've watched the audience, their eyes sort of widen. So I'm actually going to give his video to my clients to watch before they come and see me. Uh, yeah. Because this is information they need to know. So that was that was amazing. Thanks, mate. Yeah, um, it just helps me knowing because people come to me say, "I know what my problem is." No, you yeah. don't. No, you don't. Know your problem. You exactly. don't know what your problem is because you're only aware of it once you be once the once but the yeah. emotional response has come into the awareness. It's too late. That's right. The emotional yeah, response exactly. is is the effect, not the cause. And so, yeah. what we try and do is we try and understand what the cause is. We try and understand the feeling. And we go, oh, yeah. I'm trying to understand what's going on in here. So I want you to imagine that really this is the cause and this is the effect. And only yeah. when we become aware of it, we're in the effect stage. And we try and understand shit from there, you're just going to go round and round and round and round in circles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and by that's... knowing that, people then literally don't try and tell me what their problem is. They can give yeah. me the scenario, the circumstances of when they think it happened. But even so, that isn't the cause. That'll be the event. Yeah. 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 So I'm really hoping that's going to change and help people see what's actually going on and how that what's going on right now is affecting their brain. So they can see that actually that responding to emotionally what's going on, regardless of what's going on and how sad and tragic it is, that responding to it emotionally is not going to help you. That if you're just going to respond to it emotionally, it's not going to solve the problem because your brain's just going to do this nonsense and make stuff up. Um, yeah. So hopefully that will will get into their brain and and stop them panicking. This is why all blokes are screwed up because they a they think they know they they work from logic. They're smart. They've got an ego. They don't. They've got to look. They've got to look like they know what they're talking about. They yeah. think they know it all. Listen, I'll tell you what he's laughing on, and they want to be the dominating. They want to be the male masculine thing. But I'm going to tell you now. That's why all most blokes are messed up. That's why they're all drinking, yeah. doing drugs, they're all gambling, they're all smoking, they're all in the toilets, they're all fighting, they're all angry. It's because of that. Yeah. And, yeah. and the more they keep on doing it, the more that they're going to keep screwing. That's why, you know, blokes have, most blokes have heart attacks and, and uh, because they just can't deal with the amount of shit that's running. And what they yeah. try and do is they try and avoid or move away from that feeling and they'll use drink, drugs, shopping, gambling or whatever for that temporary fix to move away from how they're feeling. But then once that thing then dissipates they're back to that feeling again they need another hit and yeah. that's what i was doing i was yeah. so screwed up through all the tragic things that have happened in my life but i couldn't handle just being me it was too much it was too overwhelming because i had so much of this stuff running coming into my awareness i just couldn't deal with life i just couldn't cope so i needed something to shut it down and mine yeah. was drinking and drugs and gambling and just anything to get me away from feeling that way the problem yeah. is, is that when you were doing when you're doing that, when you wake up the next morning and you're back to square one, not only have you still got all of this stuff now coming back, but you've also got the hangover and all the shit and the money that you spent and all the way. Now it's going to make you feel a lot worse. And it's a slow, slow, slow decline. And the more decline you get, the more shit you need to then move away from. So that's why people start taking more drugs. They start drinking more. They start doing more things because they're just constantly compounding the problem further and further and further down. And therefore, they need to do more to get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But really, all I need to do is come and see me and you. I can take them back to when it first started, switch it off, and the whole thing will disappear. Yeah. In any instance, yeah. doesn't matter what it is. No. And then they'll just keep it all calmer, more relaxed, and they'll be able to deal with life in a much healthier way and be able to deal all with what's going on around them. Yeah, all of these events don't exist. No. No. In an emotional way, they're, they're just switched off. 
they'll still remember them, but they have no meaning whatsoever. It will just be irrelevant. It's like it never happened. Yeah. They can still remember the event. I can still remember everything that happens to me. I'm just like, well, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Before it, it was my story. Yeah. I would tell everybody about the shit that I went through. Do you know what's happened to me? Because yeah. I, I want people to understand. <laughs> I don't know why, but we all do. But we become that yeah. story. And that story like is it. all of those things. That's when we go into the victim suffering and mentality, the victim of suffering and, and anxiety, anxiety and fear. And yeah. It's that. We like our stories sometimes. We want to hang on to our stories. That's that we identify with that. And that's not who we are. But we do identify with that a lot. So but we, but the, the, the stress hormones of negative stuff is ten times, a hundred times more addictive than the strongest drug. Yeah. And if you think about it, you've got that running all the time. We need to feed that fear. We need to feel that anger. That's why when I say, well, why do you like getting angry? Or uh, feels good to get angry. It makes me feel better. Yeah. What? What's that? How does anger make you feel well? No, it's all right to be angry because it's all you're doing is expending the energy from it. That's why it feels yeah. good. You don't actually yeah. want it. And when you get rid of it, you go, oh, thank God for that. So that's yeah. why people think it's good to be angry or it's good to be... Or it's just nonsense. It's just, again, it's just some bullshit that they've made up because they're trying to, trying to understand it. Instead of going and dealing with the thing that's creating the problem that's making them angry and getting rid of it so they no longer become angry, they use energy, which is the emotion, the energy emotion, they then the anger comes up and then they have to expend that. Otherwise yeah. they're stuck in anger. Yeah. No. I see it every day. I see it with I see it with people around me here every yeah. day that people are doing that and they're reacting in different ways and with clients and things. I used to do it myself. Uh, you know, I've mentioned I used to drop my keys and get really angry. And it, you just get stuck in that mindset and it's since I've done a lot of switching off and become calmer, it's a much better place to be uh, uh, than being yeah. angry all the time. Yeah, I mean, right, that's, so, why, that's why I'm sort of lucky. My boy's lucky, really, because I sort of knew all this when he was a lot younger. And that's yeah. why he's such an amazing kid, because I've been able to avoid putting all of that in there into him. Yeah. He hasn't really got any of that running, because I know that I, all I had to do was communicate him with feelings. So when I, wanted him, when I wanted him to do something or stop doing something, I would use the word feelings. I'd say, how, would you, how do you think that feels if mummy did that to you? And they can understand that because they speak feelings. But when you say, yeah. stop doing that, what do you think you're doing? Oh, I think. It's you yeah. know, so, and the problem is, is all the time you're shouting and screaming at your kids and all the rest of it, they're having all this emotional trauma being brought up. And then the problems then start manifesting later on in life. But yeah. I can first hand tell you, my boy is just, well, you've met him. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a fantastic kid. Yeah. Because I was fortunate enough to have learned this at the front end. Yeah. So he's been void of all of that stuff that all of us go through from school. And I mean, he's still got stuff there, obviously. I'm not there all the time, but the, the main damage and all the stuff that we get, uh, he hasn't got. Yeah. And that's why he's such a wonderful, fucking wonderful child. But if I'm not saying that because I'm bragging about my kid, what I'm actually saying is that if every adult knew that and could yeah. bring up their children that way, all of their problems, parents' problems and all of the child's problems would reduce by 80%. Yeah. I strongly believe that. Yeah. Well, hopefully if we... If we can get this out there to more people, the more people learn this, then hope they can apply it now to their kids, they can apply it to themselves, and they can apply it to the people around them, and then hopefully more and more people will change. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good place to wrap up.
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Brilliant. Because, because uh, uh, I'm not sure how long this records for on Zoom. Don't worry about it. Before. So I'm mm -hmm. mindful about the recording. That's all I'm mindful about. Because, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. Yeah. We could show you how it works. And we will probably do another one on this at some point and go into more examples. That would probably be a good idea to give examples of how this works. Um, but, but is there anything you want to say before you go? Anything you want to wrap up on? No, not really. I mean, obviously, I just want people just to not be stuck in fear and, and, and they need to step out. They need to get back to who they were before this happened. And yeah. so if they're struggling with that, they really need to reach out to me or you. Uh, yeah. uh, my website's healingthemind.co.uk. Um, they can contact me via email. They can, uh, if you know me already, you can contact me and phone me. The process of getting rid of fear and getting you back to where you were from just this event is a 15 minute job, I think, generally. Because all I'm doing is switching off the fear and the alone response. And um, yeah. so if you are troubled massively around this particular event, and it's having a massive impact on you now, just about this, then contact and reach out to us. Um, but I don't really want people in fear because it's just, it's just pointless. It's an absolutely irrelevant thing. And, and, and it's not going to help you in your life. It's just going to make you sick and it's going to make you ill. And, and, and it will be blamed on coronavirus. But it won't be. It'll be about your fear. It will be the fear response that's, uh, that's caused in all this cortisol to make you ill. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I will just quantify that by saying some people might take a little bit longer than 15 minutes but no, no i but mean just about the response to this that's about the response to this yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not going to take long at all no yeah but if they obviously are suffering from depression and anxiety and other stuff then they need to reach out to me and we can work something out and yeah. it can be done over the internet it can be done over the phone skype yeah. whatsapp doesn't really matter you don't need to come here um but why no. would you want to sit there with all of those feelings you really won't get rid of them yeah, thanks for being happy and free again. Right, you, you, can be happy. you can be happy free where you are. I mean, if you're stuck indoors, you can be happy and free once you get rid of that fear and it will calm down. And then I hopefully mean, I, the more, more people we switch the fear off, then the world will hopefully change as well. Yeah, I could sit in there, my front room now, being really fearful, down and depressed and anxious. Or I could sit in my front room being really calm and relaxed. And yeah. I know which one I'd rather do. And it's really, really achievable if you just want to, if you, you just got to not want it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to feel what you want to feel. And, you know, I know that everybody can't see that because they're doing a making up shit bullshit up here. But, um, but yeah, no, so if you do really want help, give reach out to us and, um, yeah. and I'll be able to help. And the same as you, really. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, so uh, thanks everyone for watching. We hope you enjoyed that. Um, leave a comment if you want to reach out to us. You can go to stephen at healingmind.co.uk or you can visit my website, decodingpain.com. And on those websites are our contact information, or you can find us on Facebook at Inside Out Effect. Uh, I can't remember the actual URL, but you can tell them that. Uh, uh, at Inside Out Effect. Oh, at Inside Out Effect, fantastic. And uh, we'll, we'll be, even though I'm in Portugal, we will be doing one every couple of weeks like we were doing. We've had a break, it's been Easter, and. Everything's been happening, but hopefully we're going to get back to doing one every couple of weeks from now on. So, uh, also, don't forget they can find the YouTube, the Inside Out Effect with Stephen and Jonathan. Yeah, that's true. And you they've can find 20, us on. They have all 25 episodes in there. Fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and you can also find us on Apple Podcasts as well uh, and listen to it in your. Well, not in your car because you can't drive, but you know, anywhere you are. So, uh, so yeah, so thanks very much, everybody. Uh, take care uh, uh, and have a great time. 
and we'll speak to you real soon. Take care, Steve. Speak to you later. Yeah, no, thanks, Jonathan. Take care, everyone. Now, cheers. Now, bye. Bye.